0: Welcome to the Earthful podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada and today we're talking about the fertility roller coaster. When trying to conceive, the process of peeing on a stick can be fraught with emotions, and having to work on boosting your fertility month after month or undergo treatments can take over your life, bringing forth feelings of guilt, resentment, isolation, grief, and much stress. What can you do to make this a more enjoyable ride? Heidi Brockmeyer has answers. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Fullscript, the number one online supplement dispensary for healthcare practitioners and their patients. Get the exact supplements your healthcare provider recommends on a consistent basis right to your door. Find out more at fullscript.com slash birthful. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents to be. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. If what you hear is helpful, then do please take a few minutes to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook or on Google or even just tell your friends about it. Anything, <laughs> spread the word. It really does help. Uh, Here is a quick reminder that if you're a doula or childbirth educator or birth professional in or near Albuquerque, New Mexico, then block out March 31st and come spend the day with me. I will be doing a one-of-a-kind workshop on rethinking prenatals to support physiology and promote birth ownership. And this is going to drastically shift your prenatals or classes to truly, you know, create a shift also on how birthing people approach their birth, making labor truly flow, which also means less interventions. So we'll be exploring a birth model that stops focusing on stages, stations, and centimeters and focuses instead on what really makes a difference. There is so much good stuff in this workshop. I am, you know, I love teaching this. Even if you're a seasoned doula, I promise you don't want to miss it. I've had others tell me how they went into the workshop taking it not so much because they felt they needed it, but more for fun. And because, you know, we tend to be workshop junkies when they're related to birth. Um, and having, you know, they came out at the end, having the workshop exceed their expectations with them learning so much more than they anticipated and even changing up how they do their prenatals to help have their clients have better births so which is the goal right we all want better births all around for ourselves too because that's a better experience for everybody okay go to birthfulcourses.com to register for the rethinking prenatals workshop and if you do it now you'll take advantage of the early bird price so the info is at birthfulcourses.com. go check it out i'm looking forward to seeing you all right. My guest today is Heidi Brockmeyer, and I am so very excited to talk to her about the fertility roller coaster, which is a little bit, I usually focus more on birth, as you guys know, and this is like, you know, the very early beginning, but um, there's so much that goes into that experience. So, Heidi, welcome. I am really happy to have you here on the show.
1: Thanks, Adriana. I'm so happy to
0: be here. Yay. Um <laughs> Can you tell us, let's start first, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this process of supporting fertility.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny. It's, I always tell people fertility found me rather than me finding fertility because I started specializing in it right out of school, like right when I graduated from um, Chinese medicine acupuncture school. I was invited to join a practice that specialized in fertility. And I always had an interest in women's health because Chinese medicine is so incredibly effective at helping so many issues uh, for in in the women with women's health um, that Western medicine just isn't that effective at, or the only tools available are, you know, hormones or medications, which is not what women want to turn to often to heal their cycles and so forth. So I was really excited about that. And the other thing I really loved doing was supporting people emotionally with Chinese medicine because it's also so effective at that. So specializing in fertility kind of, it it was all inclusive of everything that I loved about Chinese medicine. And then, of course, um, to be able to support women and couples on their paths to parenthood is just, you know, incredibly rewarding and, and it's just such a special it's, it's such a special way to be a part of somebody's life and support them. Um, and I've just met so many incredible couples and women and so forth mm-hmm. along the way. So um, I started specializing, like I said, right out of school. And then Um, A couple of years or so into my practice, you know, my patients were asking me all the time, you know, what else can I do? What can I do at home? And it was hard to always give them really thorough instructions of everything that they could do at home in between the appointments, because there's only so much time we have together in the clinic. And I have to focus on what Chinese herbs I'm going to prescribe them and what points I'm going to choose and and so forth. Um, So I started putting together materials that made it easier that I could just hand out to them and instructional videos and so forth that, uh, you know, so they had something to do at home in between plus that felt very empowering for them instead of just feeling kind of stressed and fretting over whether they would, you know, get pregnant or not. It kind of gave them something else to focus on and feel like that they were making A difference, so they could kind of channel that stress into something positive that worked for them, and really helped support the treatment that I was giving them, so that they could make more progress. And so that eventually evolved into um, online programs that I created. I I started a website and I started a whole community online uh, where of where women can get support from each other as well as learn uh, all about the resources that Chinese medicine has to offer to help support their hormonal health and their fertility and their, their body, their, um, their emotional health, all of it, uh, on their path to pregnancy as well as support pregnancy. And I just found that you know my patients that were doing all of these techniques at home in between the appointments, in addition to, to seeing me regularly, we're making better progress and uh, getting, you know, pregnant sooner, and we're less stressed out along the way, and so forth. So I began making those resources more widely available globally for women anywhere, whether they may or may not have access to an acupuncturist or natural any kind of holistic care in their area, um, or if they wanted to to complement their holistic care. So that's just grown over the years. And it's a pretty thriving community. And, and it's been really, really great. So that's, that's in a nutshell, what I do and how I got on this journey.
0: Yeah. And do you find now I I know your modality is mostly of of using Chinese medicine and, and sort of alternative practices. Do you find that the people you work with mostly just focus on doing treatments, and, and, and focus on fertility with you, or they also are doing a balance of complementing with um, between Western medicine and Eastern medicine.
1: Um, it's about 5050. so a lot of women come to me before seeking out Western treatment because they would prefer not to seek out Western treatment. And then some women come to me because you know to complement their Western treatment. And then others have used Western treatment without success and they either want to use it now to complement additional Western treatment or instead of the Western treatment, because they're just kind of, you know, they, they're they done with it and they want to go back to trying naturally. So pretty much the entire spectrum, mm. Chinese medicine, just to, I like to, um, kind of shift the idea that you know, Chinese medicine is an alternative medicine, where, because it's, it is it is actually its own medical system, it's just a different me- me- uh, medical system than the Western medical system, but it's an established medical system that's been a primary medical system for many people for many years, and we like to think of it as its own medicine that that can be integrated with conventional Western medicine, but it's not really, um, it's not, it's to kind of take the dialogue away from Western medicine being like the real medicine and then Chinese medicine being an alternative or complement to it. And I say this only because that's how powerful Chinese medicine is. And because it's, um, you know, a time-tested medical system rather than uh, just, oh, here's a natural herb to use on the side or something like that.
0: Right. No, and I appreciate you making the distinction. Um, absolutely. And the, unfortunately, it's, you know, that's not necessarily what insurance covers and what most of our Western structure is is accessible to most people. So I think that's why there is such a strong bias in that sense of, well, this is this, this is the medicine that we usually do, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and <laughs> so speaking about that Western medicine, <laughs> could, <laughs> could you, uh, since that's usually, or it tends to be more how people approach fertility um, more commonly, just like, you know, I, I find this is the same way. Like I'm a doula, right? I'm a birth doula. And I know the power of it and there's great evidence about it. And doulas have been millenary supporting women during births for thousands of years, but only about 6% of births use doulas. The other 98, 94% happen without doulas and Mm -hmm. the home birth is only like barely 2%, 1% depends who you talk to. So uh, yeah, we're unfortunately it's something that benefits so many people, but we're kind of like on the fringe. Um, of being unknown. So I think because of that, since most people do go the Western medicine route, can we just do a little bit of a talk through the process of what those steps look like in terms of um, the fertility process? Because I know it, it feels to me, and I know very little about the fertility process, but it feels to me like it is at an increasing um, step-by-step path where it's like you try this first and then okay now we move on to this and now we move on to this and so forth.
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. I'm really glad you asked it for a couple of reasons. Um one uh is because I would love to see referring to an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine become one of the mainstream Steps in this process. So, by us having this conversation, who's ever listening, who may be in a position where they haven't already gone all the way down, you know, all, all of the steps where they're deep into the Western fertility approach, um, you know, they might be able to seek out Chinese medicine first because, you know, that's really ideal, not because there's any competition in terms of Chinese medicine, Western medicine, Western medicine. There's certainly a place for it. And it's great that there are. Um, you know, that there are so many cases where women and couples were able to conceive thank you to Western medicine, you know, and that they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but it's, you know, I think anybody would prefer avoiding it if possible because they, most women don't want to put drugs into their body. Um, it's expensive. It's invasive. I mean, most people would rather conceive privately, you know, if they have that option. So, um, and, uh, and the other thing is that, that with the Western medicine approach, um, it's it's treating the body as if, okay, there's something wrong. And instead of being able to really look at the root cause of why the woman's not conceiving and address that, it's really just masking the symptoms of what might be going wrong and, and trying to force the body to conceive anyways, you know, um, and that. It would be much better to really address the underlying health issues, not only for a healthier baby and mom, but also for, you know, the longevity of the the woman, you know, for her quality of life. For instance, a lot of women are not, um, have trouble with their thyroid. That's pretty common. I see that all the time clinically. And it's usually due to an autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's or so. Basically, the body is attacking the thyroid that is... That's usually why uh, hypothyroidism exists in, in Western culture. We don't have iodine deficiency. And so that can prevent a woman from being able to conceive and you know, the Western approach will just be to take thyroid meds, and obviously that's necessary, but it's like, well, this is kind of the silver lining you haven't been able to conceive, and now you're discovering that there's an autoimmune condition going on, and what is causing this autoimmune response? There's some, you know, like chronic stress or nutrition, environmental toxins, and so forth. So by taking a holistic approach, you're also improving your health overall, which is you know, you, it's really easy to get laser focused on the goal of getting pregnant and having a baby by, uh, you know, at any cost, by any means. And the fact that your health, you're not in great health is sort of just put to the side. So, right. And I have, you know,
0: and and, and you just reminded me of it's, that's just getting you pregnant is the first step. Then it's Being able to carry that pregnancy to term and having a great birth and having a postpartum where maybe if you're forcing these things to happen by the time you get to postpartum, then that's when these thyroid issues come come up or we start seeing really like depleted systems at that point um, that make it harder to take care of yourself and take care of your baby so i will link i have a another a show with dr jolene brighton on your hormones during postpartum and helping those so i'll link it on the show notes as well for a balance on like we're on both ends of it
1: (laughs) yeah i know that's great and absolutely it's such a good point you know it's it's your i see that all the time and and that's a, a that's a major contributing factor to secondary infertility where women have a problem conceiving their first child. But then by the time they've given birth and they're a new mom, they're just kind of, their thyroid is totally taxed. And, and at that point, they're having trouble conceiving a second child. So yeah, you want to be able to enjoy parenting and not feel just totally, you know, emotionally all over the place and exhausted and and so forth. So that's why, you know, I would really like the the steps to go, oh, hey, I haven't been I've been trying to conceive for about six months or however long it's not happening. I go to my doctor. My doctor says, OK, well, I'm going to refer you to an acupuncturist. To Chinese medicine, and uh, let's see how that goes. Depending, obviously, you know, on the case, if tubes are blocked or something like that, and there's you know severe scar tissue, yes, then you go straight to Western medicine. But um, if it's there's been an irregular cycle, or you've just come off of birth control after ten years, and there's there's so many cases where it's like go to Chinese medicine first. Let's see how that goes. And you know, maybe have the other regular diagnostics, making sure your tube, tubes are open and so forth. And then if that's not working, you know, or you get to a certain point, then okay, let's seek out fertility treatment um, and refer you to a fertility specialist. So that that's my ideal world. How it actually how the process actually goes is, you know, women try for however long, six months, let's say go to their doctor. And the doctor, it can go either way. The doctor may, if she's an OBGYN or he is an OBGYN, they may say, they may try to do fertility treatment on their own at first. They may prescribe Clomid um, and they may or may not do IUIs. It depends on the training and what that doctor does. Um, Can you also... So I, I can you just spell out what that means? Let's. IUI. Yeah. That's um insemination. Yeah. Uterine insemination. Yeah. So they would take the sperm and put it in catheter, insert the catheter into the woman's uterus, and inject the sperm that way into her body for fertilization. Um, and so, clomid is a drug that will, you know, force the woman to ovulate and ovulate, oftentimes more than one egg during a cycle. Um, And so sometimes they don't do it with the IUI, sometimes they do. And they might try a few rounds of this if if their doctor is doing it themselves. And if it doesn't work, then they refer to a fertility specialist. Or some doctors may not prescribe Clomid or do the IUI themselves, and they may directly refer you to a fertility specialist, which I actually prefer um, because I think that – kind of like being a jack at all trade expert at none um your ob-gyn is if they're not a fertility specialist you know they may just do the clomid and they're not necessarily monitoring the cycle it's kind of doing like a half ass job at it um, and then the woman is exposed to, you know, she's taking Clomid, which is hard on the liver. It affects her hormones. Um, she can get menopausal type sy- symptoms. It's one thing if it works. It's another thing if you're, if it's not working, and your doctor may not know how to take. Um, Take the most advantage out of a Clomid cycle by monitoring it with ultrasounds, um, doing an IUI as well at the same time. They're just maybe not doing it as well as a fertility specialist could do it. So you don't want to just, and they can treat the Clomid casually, but I don't think Clomid should be treated casually. So I actually prefer when um, an OBGYN says, okay, you know, time to refer you. And um, so that could go either way. Now, when you go to a fertility specialist, they're going to do a, a more thorough workup. So they're gonna they're gonna test your hormones. There are some hormones that are indicative of um, maybe poor egg quality or low ovarian reserve, diminished ovarian reserve. Um, it's not set in stone. It's just the the those depending on your hormone levels, it can just hint at that being the case. Now you know, it's just information for them to come up with a diagnosis for you. They'll look at, they'll do an ultrasound of your ovaries. Um, and this is all at the very beginning of your cycle, day three of your cycle. They'll do an ultrasound of your ovaries to see how many eggs you have in there for um, that are up for ovulation that month. So if you, you go on on day three of your cycle then there's a lot of there's there's a number of follicles in each ovary that's what they're called the the egg is inside the follicle and um one of those will be recruited for ovulation so your ovaries are let's say you have a total of 12 you have six on your left over six on your right then they'll say okay this is the best one this is the dominant one this one we like the genetics this this one looks like the strongest one and the other ones just kind of disintegrate and get reabsorbed into the body and then that one golden one is chosen for ovulation that month. But depending on how many you have in your ovaries at the beginning of the cycle, is another clue about how fertile you are, like what you're, what's going on. So if you only have maybe one or two or three or four, then that would indicate from the Western doctor's perspective that your ovarian reserve is low. Uh, But if you have, like, say, 10 on each side, like a 25-year-old or 20-year-old might have 20 on each side at the beginning of the cycle. Um, So that's another thing that they'll do. They'll also do a test called the HSG to where they inject water saline into your um, tubes and your uterus with dye in them. And so that they can see that they're open. They do imaging with the dye to see that they're open. And you know they'll test your thyroid levels and so forth, and and then they come up with a diagnosis. And from there, and of course you would all your if you have a male partner, then he would have a semen analysis as well. And um, and so they come up with a the diagnosis. They may encourage you to jump straight to IVF. That's in vitro. That's where you. Um, they retrieve your eggs and fertilize them in a petri dish and then grow the embryo and then implant, they transfer the embryo into your uterus. Um, So they might encourage you to jump, jump straight to IVF depending on your diagnosis, or they might decide to try IUI first for a number of rounds. Or they might also, if they think that your ovarian reserve is low and that you're, you probably don't have great egg quality They might encourage you to jump straight to considering getting an egg donor because it would significantly increase your chances, um, which is always like like a shock and kind of uh, women usually feel pretty sucker punched with that suggestion. Um, And the thing is, the second part of your or the second part of why I said I was glad that you asked this question is because a lot of times women don't realize that they're gonna end up you know, needing to do IVF or, or at least being pushed to do IVF. That that's what they would end up choosing. Or egg donor, for example, because when you hear of a couple who's gone through several cycles of IVF and how expensive it is, and, and you you haven't started trying to conceive and having any trouble conceiving, most people think, oh, I don't think I would ever go that far. Or gosh, you know, like that just sounds miserable, and and I can't imagine having to do that. Nobody expects that they're going to be in that position until they're in that position, and um, and that can just be, you know, well, obviously it's 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 stressful. It's financially stressful. It's emotionally stressful. It's physically stressful. It's just all quite stressful, and so you don't really realize that you're gonna have to do that until you're in that position. Um, so I think a lot of times when women are at the beginning of like, hmm, I'm having trouble conceiving, they don't necessarily know the road that they're gonna end up going down. And, um, and I don't wanna freak people out, it's not the worst thing in the world necessarily, like some, some, it's, it's not as hard on everybody, and in the end if you have you know your beautiful baby in your arms it doesn't matter you're happy but um but it's just that's why i think it's that much more important to take a holistic approach as well regardless of whether you're going to need to use western medicine or not because um you want that you you want that support if you do have to do IVF or IUI because the uh, the holistic approach is going to help you get better results from that as well as support your body through the stress of it help you to metabolize the medications and and you know cleanse them from your body help you stay less stressed and maintain that perspective help you stay healthy through it so that you're still able to enter the pregnancy healthy and get through the pregnancy and so forth um yeah. so I hope that covered the, yeah,
0: yeah yeah so yeah that paints a good picture of like all the stops in this train ride of yeah <laughs> western fertility right but let's let's take a quick break and when we come back let's unpack what that means for a person who's going through it and the emotional roller coaster of when things don't work and and the stress and the feelings of failure and resentment and and the actual loss like so there's so much that comes along with fertility that, you know, that's the meat and potatoes of this episode. So we'll be right back. One of the most important things new moms and moms-to-be can do for themselves and for a baby who depends on them is to make sure they're getting enough nutrients. A healthy diet certainly goes a long way, but dietary supplements can also help moms get what they need. However, the last thing a pregnant person wants to do is run around town trying to track down the exact prenatal vitamin, supplement, herbal remedy, or tea that their care provider recommended. You've got enough on your plate. Imagine if your care provider could send the exact recommended product by speedy delivery straight to your door. And imagine if you got a reminder to reorder online just as you're nearing the end of the bottle. Fullscript is an online supplement and natural product dispensary for healthcare practitioners and their patients. If you're a pregnant mama who wants a fast and effortless way to get your supplements and other natural products, ask your healthcare provider to sign you up for Fullscript by going to fullscript.com slash and if you're a healthcare provider who wants to make sure your patients get the exact products you recommend on a consistent basis and at competitive prices, then sign up for a totally free Fullscript account today at fullscript.com/birthful. That's fullscrip slash birthful And we are back talking about the fertility roller coaster, so Heidi, you did a great job of explaining sort of all these <laughs> steps, possible steps right of of where the process goes and how it's that it is at the core of that attitude or or, or approach of Western medicine of we've got boxes to check and then technology's going to set us free and we'll go with whatever we have at hand. To sort of fix The situation And I think that's That's the It's 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 a very strong Quote unquote I'll fix it for you When in fact It's more of a I'm Making the situation Happen For you But Like you mentioned At the beginning We're not really Fixing the underlying Cause of what's The imbalance That's That's causing This situation Unless it's a physical Blocking of tubes or Or, or something like that mm-hmm. But that, this whole process, and I know from th- have been connecting with people at the end of the process of being pregnant and about to give birth, how emotionally tolling it can be. Because if you're going under several rounds of IVF or several rounds of whatever it is you're doing, that means that you had hopes for a pregnancy that at the very least the tests came negative. Or maybe it ended up in the hopes of actually getting pregnant and then and having a loss or a miscarriage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What do you do? Let's talk about the initial like emotions that you see. What do you do with the feelings of failure or my resentment or my body's not working or with that?
1: What do you do mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. That's a good question. And, you know, I brought up some other points that I, I want to make um, as I answer this question, too, that um, there's also kind of this idea when, when women and couples seek out Western fertility treatment that they're going to be able to fix it because that's what we're used to with Western medicine where it's like, well, there's gotta be some pill or some procedure that's going to have these guaranteed results on the other end. Obviously like you break your arm, you can go to the hospital and and they're going to fix it for you. Um, but what, what's kind of a surprise is that it's just, it's not at all guaranteed with Western medicine. There's still, you know, like they've um, come a really long way in, in, improving fertility treatments and the outcomes, but there's still quite a long way to go, you know? And, um, and I think that that's a bit of a shock as well to people that like, oh my gosh, I can invest all of this money and, you know, this doctor is gonna help me, but it still could not work, you know, and then on the other end of it, I'm gonna be just like, have gone through everything for nothing. And um, there's also the idea that with the fertility treatment, the, the fertility drugs and procedures, that um, that they'll be able to make it work in terms of they're going to be able to fix your egg quality or um, the, your, your reproductive health in general, like the health of your uterine lining and your hormonal health that's supporting the whole process. But basically, you know, the Western approach is only has to work with what your body is bringing to the table. And that's why you know, when you, it's so important to integrate the holistic approach with the Western approach because, you know, I always say you can't get water from a stone, so the the fertility drugs can force your body to ovulate, but that's not going to change the egg quality, and if anything, it's even going to kind of challenge the egg quality because now the eggs are also being exposed to these fertility drugs, and they're being kind of, like, forced to do something that they wouldn't naturally do, so you... Western medicine can't bypass certain things that your, body, that your body is lacking. So that's why you still want to focus on improving your whole health. And, and I think that that can just be, you know, we can be naive about that as we seek out Western care. So I just want to make that point as I, as I go into the, to answering your question about, you know, the, the emotional roller coaster and the loss. And I, and I think usually what I see is, um, let's say, for example, you know, the hardest thing is IVF. Um, you know, because your women have to inject themselves in their stomach with medication on a regular basis. And then those medications as well, it's like PMS on steroids, or at least that's how it affects a lot of women. Some women, it doesn't affect that extremely, but you know, you can imagine you're injecting yourself with hormones and, um, then there's the finances and so forth. And I think, gosh, there's so many points that I could make in terms of how emotionally, challenging it can be um, you know there's like you mentioned guilt and a lot of times women feel like it's all, it's all their fault you know and that's kind of the western attitude the western medical attitude towards it because even if there is male factor they don't have the men do anything differently they just say well then we're, we're probably going to have to jump to IVF And, um, you know, and then we'll use what's called ICSI, which is basically they pick the best looking sperm and fertilize the egg with the sperm that they think is the best. And they say that that kind of bypasses the male factor Um, in which, you know, I have the same attitude where it's like it's you can't get water from a stone or whatever, you know, whatever the egg, the sperm, it takes two. And so the better quality egg and the better quality sperm, the better quality embryo. So even if they are doing this procedure, and there are studies that back this up that show um, that when there's compromised sperm quality, then even with the procedure of ICSI, there's still a lower chance of that embryo surviving, uh, implanting and not miscarrying. Um, So, you know, you still want to improve male fertility as well, and there's no focus on that whatsoever from the Western approach. Um, And it's really quite dismissive, even though it's, um, you know, I think, let's see, it's like, um, my my stats might be a little bit off, but you can Google it. It's like 40% of uh, cases are male factor, and then 70% of infertility cases are both male and female factor. So it's really overlooked, and I think that even there's that underlying message to both men and women that it's primarily the woman's fault. Oh, and we can make a thousand horrible jokes, sexist jokes about
0: why this, you know, like we're perpetuating the stigma of
1: it's always the woman's fault. Exactly, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we could give stuff out of a, a whole soapbox with that one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and then on top of that, you've got the whole messaging around age and age, and you know, that's a whole other thing, not just medically speaking, but like ageism for women, where it's like, oh, men just get like more handsome as they age. But, and oh, their sperm's fine. They could be 60 and it's no problem, which is not true. There's, there are studies that have confirmed that, um, 40 years old and older for, if a man conceives you know, fertilizes, gets a woman pregnant and he's 40 or older, um, there's a higher chance of autism and there's also a higher chance of, um, manic depression. So we know that that's not true, but there's still just no focus on that. And all the focus is always, well, it's the woman and her eggs are probably too old and rotten now, which obviously just does, does not feel good. <laughs> and, um, and it's not always true. And a lot of times too, I feel like that becomes the default explanation when the doctor doesn't know what's going on. And instead of the doctor being like, I'm not really sure, you know, Western medicine isn't really sure. We're just going to default and blame it on you. You know, we're just going to say it's because it's you and you're old. And sure, yes, obviously a woman's fertility is different. Anyone's fertility is different at the age of 40 than at the age of 20. But that's not, you know, I've had women come to me whose doctors have told them, oh, you have, you know, maybe a 1% chance of conceiving, you know, it, you, there's no way you would conceive naturally. And even with fertility, even with IVF, that your percentage is so low. And, um, and then – literally a month later they've conceived and they're 40 you know
0: and so we know that you know a a big part of fertility has to do with your it's a holistic process that has to do with your mental state as well like it is a mind-body process we can't just do all body because we know that so sort of like fertility happens when your body goes like, oh, this is a perfect environment for a baby to be born. If I am in any way stressed or if I am in any way like this is we're not going to make a good baby here, then I'm not going to get pregnant. Right. That's like the underlying let's survive the species kind of thing. Um, so all of this, like as you speak, what keeps popping up? On- into my mind is all the negativity, all the stress, all the, the feelings, the overwhelm that in its core is not really helping you conceive at all.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's not. And then, you know, layer that with just seeing your friends conceive and your coworkers and your, you know, sister or cousin or whomever, random women on the street And just this other messaging, um, I think this underlying messaging that we've received our entire lives since birth is just, you know, as a woman, if you're you're not a mom, if you don't become a mom, you're not really fully a woman in some ways, you know. And obviously, that's not what motivates all women to have children i mean usually it's because you really want to have a child you just you have that obviously you really want to you have that love to share and so forth but there i think the the threat of not being able to conceive and give birth and so forth really touches this deep fear inside of you and your worth as a woman because of the messaging that we receive. It's just like women who decide that they don't want to have kids and they're always challenged all the time with Mm. like, well, what kind of a woman are you? You're not like a real woman or how could you possibly not want to have kids and feel like your life is worth living or, you know, you're so selfish or something like that that it's just like this unnatural thing for, you know, the the notion is it's this unnatural thing. So I think that, it, I mean, it would be the equivalent of maybe a man feeling, how a man would feel if he was castrised or something. You know, I think that that just really, you know, it's very primal and it really, It really affects women to their core. And then, of course, there's the feelings of feeling left behind, um, you know, when their friends and family are already going on at baby number two and so forth. Um, So and just putting your life on hold because you have to prioritize all these appointments and, you know, and like, you can't necessarily use your money. You have to save your money in case you need these fertility treatments or because you need these fertility treatments, or you can't go out of town because you might, your procedure might be this day or that day. It takes over your life, which is also something that people don't expect. Women and couples don't expect. And, and it also takes a toll, obviously on the relationship and, so it's there's so, so many emotional challenges.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't think anybody realizes how emotionally challenging it can be. What you were saying about how we define like we define our identities by many things and many labels and if you if and if you have such a desire to be a mother and the label of mother is one that you yearn for so much like if you don't want to have kids that's great you know don't have kids but if it's something that you that you feel is part of your future identity at its its core not having it can With every failed test, with every failed procedure, can be a huge mourning of that identity. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like it requires an internal grieving process where you're not supported by anybody in this grieving process.
1: Exactly. And that's a whole other layer of it that I didn't mention is the feeling of isolation as well, because it's not something that you can necessarily talk about with the support systems that you would usually reach out to, especially if they have children, you know, your best friend or your sister, or if they're not sensitive, because unless you know, there, you'd be surprised at what you, some family members and friends say, the things that I've heard from the women that I've supported throughout the years. It's just like, oh, my gosh, how clueless can that person be, you know, or insensitive or selfish or whatever. And um, or or it could be that they, their friend, their best friend obviously is really sensitive to it. But then they got, they got pregnant and they're wanting to celebrate it and they don't really know how to share it with the with the, the friend that's trying to conceive and because they feel bad they don't want to make them feel bad so it creates kind of this you know awkwardness and maybe growing apart a little bit and you know it's so hard for women to feel isolated in their feelings and just kind of left out that's just that's that's such a challenge to us as females the way our brains are wired um and yeah so that's a whole other layer yeah
0: so now that we've gone through like exploring a lot of the feelings that can come up, we've got to take another quick break. But when we come back, let's talk about things that can help
1: <laughs> deal right. with,
0: can help, help. How do you deal with these emotions and how can you kind of protect yourself or prepare yourself or shore yourself up, whatever it is you need that can, you know, actually make this process a little better. We'll be right back. I used to get really upset when something woke me before the alarm and I couldn't get back to sleep. Now, I don't really mind anymore or I mind only a little bit because I use that time to meditate. If it's in the middle of the night and I'm still tired, meditating usually helps me drift off to sleep again. And if it's almost time to wake up, then meditating at that point gives my day a great and calm start. I know that during pregnancy, this having to get up many times a night can be super annoying. So turn it around, flip it, and make it an opportunity to reset your nervous system. A super easy way to do this is by using the Expectful app, which is one of my favorite resources to help pregnant and new moms find their zen and ground themselves. I really like that it's designed to fulfill your pregnant or new parent needs by focusing on whatever you want help with at that particular moment. So whether it's getting back to sleep, connecting with your baby and partner, embracing your identity, lessening stress, dealing with uncertainty, Expectful is there to help you out. If you have five minutes, you have time to meditate. Go to expectful.com slash birthful to sign up for their free two-week trial and check it out yourself. Don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. So expectful.com slash birthful. And we're back. Talking about this crazy, just the thought, like just talking about it makes my heart hurt. Um, no. No. right? Yeah. Heidi, so what, can, what are some good ways to protect yourself for what this process is going to require?
1: Um, okay, yeah. So, well, let me start by saying I think what the overall approach should be, the overall mentality should be that everything that you're doing for your fertility to support this process of getting pregnant, having a healthy pregnancy, and so forth, um, is instead of looking at it as a means to an end, like, okay, I'm going to take these supplements or get acupuncture and change my diet and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. as like, okay, I'm, I'm stopping drinking. I'm not drinking coffee. And, um, instead of looking as like, I'm doing this to get pregnant. Take the approach of you're doing it as an act of self love and self care. Because when you're, it's just a means to an end and let's say you do experience a loss or like yeah, women experience, if you're trying naturally, you experience a loss every time you get your period, right? Because every cycle is like you get your hopes up, maybe this could be the one, you get your period, that's, you're grieving that loss on top of, you have all the hormones that go along with getting your period. Um, or maybe, you know, a, an, a fertility procedure didn't work or, uh, you know, maybe you miscarried. So any of those losses, when you're making all of these efforts and then you experience that loss, it can be so discouraging. And then you can really resent it. You can be like, why, am I, why did I stop drinking? Why did I stop um, eating sugar? You know, why am I taking these pills? Why am I getting acupuncture? Why am I doing any of this? And then you kind of want to rebel because you're pissed off. And then you just, then you do the unhealthy things. And then your efforts are really inconsistent, which makes it more of a roller coaster ride, and um, and it just feels like more of a burden. So I encourage women to take the approach of like everything that you're doing is um, out of self love and self care. So you're taking supplements not just to get pregnant, but to be healthier and you're going to acupuncture to be healthier and get that stress relief because it, and it'll benefit you know people who are not trying to conceive also you know, should, would benefit from getting regular acupuncture and you know when you and let's say you have to you you have to take a fertility drug like you you decide that you are going to take clomid but you're like ah i really don't want to take clomid I'm but I guess I have to just Take it and say, you know, I trust my body to make the most of this medicine and to just release what it doesn't need and um, to try to have like a positive uh, mindset around it. in terms of, well, I'm glad that I have this resource. I'm glad that I have the health insurance that will pay for the coma. Or I'm glad I have this doctor who wants to help me and looking for support. And it, you know, really embracing this support all along the way that seeing that you're looking for ways that people are on your side and celebrating the small wins along the way. So that's kind of the general approach. And obviously nobody's this is a day to day practice. And this, this isn't something like turn that your frown upside down. And, you know, it's as simple as that. No, there's some days are going to be harder than others. And some days you're going to just have to let yourself have a, you know a pity party and get that out you know, get those feelings out and acknowledge them and validate them. Um then there's a lot of different self-care practices, supportive practices like meditation, um, journaling and so forth. And of course practices like yoga or Qigong, Qigong for those that don't know is like, it's like a Chinese style yoga. It's a mind body exercise practice. It's really good for you. It's very safe and and, um, it's and it's really spelled powerful. with
0: a Q. Q. <laughs>
1: so exactly. I want to tell people because they're listening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Q I G O N G. So what you know, what's wonderful about yoga and Qigong is that you you're addressing the physical and the mental and emotional all in one package. So you're going to help yourself work through those feelings and feel better while you're also going to be helping, you know, circulation, getting good blood flow to your uterus and ovaries and keeping your body healthy in general. Um, Of course, I recommend Chinese medicine and what I specifically teach um, besides, you know, I encourage everyone to go to their local acupuncturist, preferably if you have a fertility acupuncturist in your area, someone who specializes in it. I do encourage you if you don't, it's okay. Go to a general acupuncturist. Um, But, you know, acupuncture is just so effective at resetting the nervous system besides, improving all sorts of aspects of your health and fertility it's also it calms your nervous system and a lot of times like our being in good health really comes down to the simplest practices it comes down to getting enough sleep you know sleep is the best medicine if if somebody comes into my office and they're like oh i'm getting acupuncture to improve my health but i'm only getting 5 hours of sleep each night and it's like get eight hours of sleep each night and that will do a thousand times more than my acupuncture treatments. You know, my acupuncture and get the sleep and get acupuncture. And then the acupuncture has that much more to work with, you know, so getting a good quality sleep, eating really healthy, drinking enough water, um, and giving yourself space in your life. I find that, you know, we're just We're just so overwhelmed. We're just so busy. And I mean, so many women have low vitamin D levels. I just recently found out my vitamin D levels are really low. I live in San Diego, California. (laughs) Um, Yeah, don't even talk to me about vitamin D. Rochester is like
0: the third most cloudiest city in (laughs) in the (laughs) States, which is where I live. What? I'm from Rochester. Yay, Rochester, New York. That's where I'm at. I'm not from here. I'm from Venezuela. Talk about like change in vitamin D.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. We'll have to have it when we're not recording, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. So- so, and what vitamin D is like getting out in the fresh air, you know, it's like, we're just inside, we're at our computers. And granted it's also cause we're, you know, we're not exposing our skin to the sun so much because of, you know, fear of all of that. Um, but it just, kind of emphasis and low vitamin D is a major contributor to fertility issues, a lot of things, but fertility issues and miscarriage. Um, so, and that's as simple as like getting out in the sun and getting some fresh air. So it's just really like, gosh, it's just like, we have made ourselves sick just by our lifestyle. Um, and so, you know, really, taking inventory of your day-to-day life and prioritizing just needing some time to unwind. I think so many of us feel guilty if we're not doing something, if we're not accomplishing something, we don't actually let ourselves just kind of like sit and stare, stare at the wall and, you know, and that's it. And like, we don't think that that's okay, but we actually need this time to really just decompress. Um, and, 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 and also, if you have trauma issues, um, which, I mean, what woman has not been traumatized in her life? Hashtag not- me too. What's that?
0: Hashtag me too, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's um, maybe you've heard of, oh my gosh, I'm totally brain farting her name right now. She does um Pelvic in- pelvic Health Institute, Jessica Drummond. I saw she wrote this post about she wants to like coin some term like um, environment societal exposure toxin syndrome or something like that but basically the gist of it is that we have you know we have chronically been exposed to um, the these very traumatic attitudes in our culture that like like the me too movement exactly so for our whole lives and so that there's a much higher, percentage of women than men that have autoimmune issues. And so an autoimmune is, is basically this chronic stress. It's like your system chronically being in fight or flight. And as women in our culture, you know, it, it th- that was her point that we're just, we've been chronically exposed to this kind of collective traumatic, um, these traumatic attitudes towards women. I'm not explaining that well, very well but I, I hope no, you get it. No, but I get
0: the gist. And 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 it's true like and and if you add start adding layers of intersectionality. So like if you look specifically at women of color or black women and their birth outcomes, just by being a woman of color, your birth outcomes are guaranteed to be worse and you have a higher higher likelihood of dying at birth. Just because yeah. of that. there's, It doesn't matter what your social economic status is. It doesn't matter. Uh, like, there is, it's just because, and, and it is a complex, like, that's a whole different show on why it happens. But I understand, like, this constant stress and constant, what we're doing to our mammalian system, our very primitive systems that have so much influence over our health and how our modern lives don't support that. Is really like you said, our modern lives are, are, are making us sick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I told I, I just recently read the article, on, um, I think it was Serena Williams who she experienced that. And I was talking, she like she wasn't getting the medical care that she needed after she gave birth. And look at her; she's like this, you know, world famous and athlete, and and, um, and she was treated that way you know just dismissed because she was a woman of color and and it almost it almost cost her life um exactly
0: yeah a a friend of mine posted share on facebook and 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 it was because we that that knows about the research and she says you know the research socioeconomic status and all of these things and apparently also fame is not an indicator will not you know protect you against these harsh statistics yeah
1: yeah it's crazy so I'm glad you made that point. And basically, it comes to not feeling safe. So if you can't feel safe, your nervous system just can't be at rest, and your um, your body is going to attack itself. And it's just not conducive to it's not an environment for to have a baby to get pregnant. It's not a fertile environment. Um, and then on on top of that, if you have if you have trauma, you know any kind of abuse throughout your life, and that's still active in your system, then I really would urge women to seek out self-care in that case, you know, therapy, whatever modality maybe an And acupuncture does help with that, does help re- um, heal the system of trauma as well. But, you know, you might need more support and to not overlook that because it's really important, especially with autoimmune conditions, which are just so prevalent now, um, and then there's a lot of things that you can do at home, which I love to teach about, Chinese medicine techniques that you can do at home. I mentioned Qigong, and of course, meditation is actually you know, a Chinese medicine technique as well. Um, and then you, and also acupressure, self-acupressure. Um, that's what I love teaching, because it's basically, you know, you can, the, the acupoints that your acupuncturists use are the same that you would use for acupressure. It's just the difference of stimulating them with a the needle versus your fingers. And you can, you know, um, stimulate this change, this physiological change in your body, as, as well as mental, emotional, spiritual change in your body, using the acupoint system. So I find it's just really empowering for women to be able to massage themselves, just massage the acupoints, which is so easy. You can do it, you know, when you're stuck at a red light, or when you're in line at the grocery store, you're lying on your couch. And you can um, support this change in your body, and you can do things like relieve headaches and boost your immune system, and and help your digestion and relieve digestive discomfort. So there's all these other benefits along with it, like positive side effects, or help yourself to sleep better. So if you're, it's not that you don't have the the eight hours to sleep, but maybe you're just not sleeping well during that time, and that's one of the priorities you need to focus on to improve your fertility. Um so I do recommend doing a lot of things at home. Um, there's a ton of resources on my website castor oil pack self-abdominal massage. and what I love about the Chinese medicine techniques and holistic techniques is you're you're getting both sides of the coin at the same time so you're helping yourself physically as well as helping yourself mentally and emotionally.
0: and Throughout the whole process, this whole time that you've been talking, um, when you started talking about looking at it as an act of self-love, everything you've sense, said since then is applicable not only to fertility but to pregnancy, to birth, and to postpartum. Like these are the same things that come keep coming up. Over and over again, no mm-hmm. matter which guests I speak to, we all keep going back to in this time in life specifically, it is vital for you to take some time to care for your mind and your body in a very deep way, in a very last long lasting and effect effectful, is that even a word? Effective, <laughs> effective way. Um and You know, seeing it as an act of self-love is also like giving, considering this a big opportunity that starts with fertility and ends like when you finish after all the kids that you're going to have, one, two, three, eight, however many those are, um, as an opportunity for self-awareness and self-knowledge of tapping into who you are, how your body works, what things are good for you, what sustains you, what drains you, um, what do you need to function at your optimum and be, you know, that wonderful person for your kids and, and be available for them. and. Yeah, like focus on doing, doing less, on just being more and meditating. Like all of these things, the meditation, the, the journaling are things that sleeping more. Like those are things that starting that practice of valuing those during fertility is going to help you have a better pregnancy and have a, a better birth and a better postpartum. Like Every time, the earlier you can start this, the more benefits you'll reap.
1: Totally. And I think what's important uh, to note is that you have to be patient with the process. It takes time. So I think we're also used to the idea in the West that it's like, oh, if something's wrong, we go to the doctor, we get a pill and it's gone and they take care of it right away. And but when you're really addressing underlying symptoms or underlying causes and you're not just putting a mask and, a, you know, a Band-Aid on the symptoms, it will take time. And so it takes time to not only reverse, say, the chronic stress, the chronic sleep deprivation, and so forth, um, but also to then build the body back up after it's able to kind of shift you know, the depletion into like, okay, now we're not struggling just to get by so much, but now, now you want to actually want to go and start thriving. It's a process and it takes time. So it's not overnight. And to have that mentality from the beginning so that you're not just like after one month, Oh my God, this didn't, this isn't working. Um, it, I'm, you know, it'd be great. I mean, obviously you can't blame anyone where we all want an overnight quick fix, you know, like, mm-hmm. But, you know, but and then there's like you were mentioning, mentioning there's the greater rewards of it becoming more about a way of life rather than just, again, a means to an end because you're going to have a better quality of life, baby or no baby, you know, you're going to end up being a better parent if you uh, really address that trauma before, you know, getting pregnant. And because once you're a parent, all, everything is going to be triggered times 10. And so if you you don't, you know, that rage that you've been that's repressed inside of you for years will come out, you know, when you're a parent. And so it's just it's better for everybody. And um, oh gosh, there was one more point that I wanted to make. And it just totally
0: you think about that while I say that also I did read in one of your materials that it takes about three months for the sperm and the egg to you know be completely available and ready and and refreshed right um yeah can you so that that at least like once you start making changes you know be patient for at least three months if not more like for sure (laughs) yeah let
1: the the processes happen yeah And that's whether or not you end up pursuing Western treatment or not, because you still want to take three months to prepare at least for an IVF cycle or IUI cycle. You know, that's what I recommend. So you can try that three to six month window to make all these health changes and get pregnant naturally. But then if it doesn't work and you get impatient and you're like, okay, I want to go to IVF now, you've, you've, you've better prepared yourself for that IVF to work. So you're not going to lose out. It's a win-win.
0: Absolutely. Ah, oh, so good. I'm looking at the time and going like, oh, there it flew by. Heidi. <laughs> it
1: does, yeah.
0: If people want to know more about what you're doing or check out your resources, how can they do that?
1: Well, they can go to my website, HeidiBrockmeyer.com, and um, there's a ton of free resources on there. There's actually the free resources page. And you can um, get access to my resource library, which has guided meditations. It has videos on how to give yourself fertility massage, fertility acupressure. Um, on, on my blog, there's videos on how to do a castor oil pack over your liver, how to do a castor oil pack over your uterus. These things can help. Um, recipes, there's um, guided um Journaling, there's all sorts of resources there, whatever you feel like you need the most support, you can slowly make your way through. Um, there's a quiz, how fertile is your cycle? Uh, so if HeidiBrockmeyer.com, free Can you resources. spell it? Yes, H-E-I-D-I, Brockmeyer, B-R-O-C-K-M-Y-R-E.com. Awesome. Awesome. And- and you said I've-
0: there was a link also for you have a free self-acupressure course, like yeah. the seven days, and you were going to share that link for the listeners.
1: Yes. And I, I love this course. I've gotten so much great feedback for it. So um, it's really great. We'll take you take you through doing one acupressure point a day that can help your fertility. And it also goes over how it's good for you emotionally as well and what other parts of your health it can help, like if you have asthma or allergies or get headaches. So you really get to know the beauty and the magic of the Acumeridian system and how you can affect it in just a matter of seconds so um and there's little dietary tips and stuff in there as well and that's called balance and restore your fertility so you can sign up for it it's heidibrockmeyer.com and um, forward slash balance dash and dash restore balance dash
0: and dash restore yes okay I'm writing that down too. So I can put it on the links. Thank you so, so much. Is is there any like last minute thing that we left out that you want to add? Or are we good? I think we're pretty good. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a great conversation.
0: Mighty Ones, I love to hear from you, so share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful humans at Fullscript and Expectful. To best support this podcast, support its sponsors and get discounts while you're at it. Go to fullscript.com slash birthful and expectful.com slash birthful to do just that. And if you're near Albuquerque, New Mexico, go to birthfulcourses.com to sign up for my live workshop coming up on March 31st. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin MacLeod and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand network. Learn more at parentsondemand.com. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.